Habits are things you automatically do every day. It's your morning routine, how you make your favorite drink, or the fact that you always leave every cabinet door open when you leave a room, according to Joe Fogman's wife. <laughs> it is the actions you perform without thinking because they are ingrained into who you are. Researchers at Duke University estimate that habits account for 40% of daily behaviors. In this episode, we're looking at the daily habits that serve you well when coaching and developing others. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zinger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm Rihanna Corin, and joining me today is renowned psychometrician Joe Folkman. Hello, Bree. Hello. So, having known you my entire life, I would venture to say that you are a man of deeply ingrained habits. I remember one summer trying to surprise you by organizing your garage where you keep the second garage where you keep all your tools. And I thought it was just in total disarray. I was going to make it better. But I quickly learned that despite the appearance of not looking organized at all, you actually know where every single thing is. And you were very upset when I started to yeah, change it. <laughs> I was upset. Uh, you know, it makes sense to me. And don't try to organize a man's tool shed. This is not a good thing to do. <laughs> I believe in the power of establishing good habits. So uh, I've traveled a lot. And uh, inevitably, I, I mean, I, I've just left everything, you know, there is possible to leave in a hotel room. I've left it. And once I left my computer just on, on a desk and things like that. So here's the habit. When you're walking out of your hotel room for the last time and you open the door and then you just kind of step into the hall, you stop, you turn around and then you go back into the room <laughs> to look for what stupid thing you left there. And, and that's been a good habit for me. I, 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 so just as you're walking out, turn around, walk back. <laughs> it served you well since leaving the computer. That was the last yes. straw. <laughs> well, since New Year's is a good time for self-reflection and starting something new, we thought it would be a, a great chance to analyze good habits and the bad habits in our lives. So this week, we want to examine the ordinary habits of coaches. Many people have been lucky enough to have someone who provided them with coaching support and made a significant difference in their performance and their job satisfaction. What makes that person's interactions with you rise above the many others? What did they do differently? This is what we wanted to examine and talk about the ordinary habits of coaches today. Well, and, and Bree, we had the good uh, luck to have a data set of over 4,000 managers who want to improve their coaching skills with their direct reports. Now, we immediately noticed a very strong correlation between the effectiveness of coach and the level of engagement of their direct reports. If they were good coaches, their engagement scores were much higher. 
we found that the least effective coaches had direct reports with engagement scores at the 23rd percentile, the bottom quartile, below the bottom quartile, while the most effective coaches had direct reports who were at the 73rd percentile. That matters because highly engaged employees are more likely to love their job, to give extra effort, and less likely to quit. And that is a huge gap, 23rd to the 73rd percentile. That, that is significant. That's very significant. And as we studied these effective leaders who were coaching, uh, we began to understand some of the secrets to their success by looking at the ratings of their direct reports. Now, it was clear that these leaders had developed some valuable habits that made a significant difference. So habit number one, give ample focused time and effort to developing others. I think this is one of the biggest concerns leaders have when learning about coaching or even thinking about it is they worry about the amount of time it's going to take them to coach another person. Leaders are inevitably busy and they are often a bit overwhelmed. They want to help, but their time is valuable and in short supply. Many of us have been in a situation where a manager was more interested in getting us out of their office than in helping us uh, or providing us with effective coaching. The most effective coaches made their direct reports feel that they're more valued than a few minutes of their time. It was interesting because ultimately we believe the amount of time is just about the same between the best and the worst coaches. Yeah, the problem was it's the feeling the manager created. It, it, it wasn't this, they, they weren't hurrying to get people out. They weren't sort of anxious about it. The most effective coaches made their direct reports feel they were more important than getting the interaction done quickly. So it's the feeling they created, not the amount of time that they took. Fascinating. So it isn't time, like I said, it's the positive interaction. Well, what's next? What's the next habit? Well, the next habit's interesting, and I think it's one of the biggest things. It's, it's their ability to select developmental job assignments. Now, if you look back on your most impactful learning and development activities, they frequently are connected with a job assignment where you were doing a job, but you were learning while you did that job, and that helped develop your skills. Absolutely. I think what helps is when the manager can take the time to know their direct reports, aspirations, and their passions, and see if any of those could possibly align with the tasks that need to be done. True. Most people can think of a job assignment where their skills improve because they were simply doing their job and learning from their experiences. Many coaches imagine their job is to teach others new skills, then place them in those jobs. But finding a challenging job provides people with a learning environment where the job itself can actually do the teaching and the coach encourages and supports them. So the next one on the list, habit number three, is consistently provide specific, honest feedback. When many people see or hear the word feedback, they think it means letting others know when they've made a mistake, right? 
And we've discussed this a lot about positive feedback, corrective feedback, but our research validates that the most helpful feedback is the feedback that is positive and reinforcing, more so than negative and correcting. Unfortunately, most people have grown up in work environments where the vast majority of the feedback was corrective, yeah. which has often taught them to do whatever they can to avoid feedback. I mean, if you're only getting negative feedback, who wants more feedback? Yeah. <laughs> Letting others know what they do well and that you recognize their efforts and willingness to work hard puts them in a position where they're willing to listen and learn from corrective feedback. Once people believe that you have their back, that you are supporting them, that you trust them, then providing suggestions for improvement will be a great benefit to direct reports. Uh They won't be avoiding you. (laughs) The next habit is to exude a positive energy that inspires and motivates. The best coaches are in an environment where the direct reports want to do something extraordinary and make a difference, a real difference. They create energy and excitement. They bring passion with them to work. They are aspirational in their goals, and they encourage others to do more and be better. This is something we've talked and kind of you studied a lot recently is this energy aspect of of leaders, of keeping up the energy. And it's not a habit I would associate automatically with coaching, but the more I think about it and as you've studied it, like I see the connection. In a way, this daily habit of positive energy helps motivate those around them. And it goes well with the next habit, which is habit five, strive daily to be a role model. Less effective leaders ask others to keep standards they themselves do not keep. You can't expect to have a great coaching session if it is centered around developing behaviors that the coach is not exemplifying. Often people believe that having a higher position gives them the right to behave differently than the way they require or expect others to behave. But the best coaches are role models and know how to walk their talk. And it's something that happens every single day, not just in a coaching session or when you see them, like those behaviors have to be ingrained in you. It is a habit. Next habit, number six, is to encourage others to stretch towards excellence. This is a funny one because most of us, if you ask people what they want, they say, oh, I, I want a break. Yeah. <laughs> I want to chill. Two-week vacation. Yeah, well, (laughs) that's normal. But great learning opportunities are created when people are asked to do something difficult and outside their comfort zone. This is how you build muscle. It's also how you build engagement in, in, in a work environment. That's the learning zone. But it is also the zone where people recognize that they do something that made a difference. In our research, we found that those team members that accomplish a challenging objective when they thought was impossible, their engagement and their personal satisfaction goes up significantly. People want to accomplish something that's hard. I mean, they don't want to, but they kind of (laughs) really, once they do it, they realize that they've made a difference in the world. Accomplishing hard things makes people feel more valued. And it reinforces the fact 
that you're competent, you're capable, you can do hard things. Yeah, I know. I mean, I have all of my <laughs> people on Instagram who are so happy after their hard workout. <laughs> They're motivating me because I would rather walk. But I see how having this habit of striving, of putting forth your full effort is a great one to have instead of holding back. Well, that goes well with the final habit, number seven, of balancing obtaining results with how it impacts individuals. The best coaches do an excellent job of balancing business results with how it impacts the personal welfare of their colleagues. Now, many times these are seemingly little things that end up being very important, such as attending a child's school program or supporting an elderly parent who needs help at home. Too often, managers believe that it is the responsibility of the direct reports to let them know when these situations arise. But often, direct reports are uncomfortable uh, passing that information along. Ideally, managers take the time and have the initiative to get to know their direct reports to the point where they open up and share this kind of information. Only then can a manager find ways to provide the balance that others need. Yeah, because some of that information is really sensitive and, and hard to share and you're worried you might be judged for it. So taking the time to really know someone to show empathy, I can see how that makes the biggest well, difference. Think about this and, and, and am I the last one in the office to find out about a problem that an employee's having? And Typically, I am. <laughs> so that's, I need to do better on this one. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. This list like this really overwhelm me. I, I don't like them, which is a little ironic because we share a lot of these on this podcast. <laughs> but what I hope that our listeners get out of this is recognizing that maybe one of these habits we mentioned, you were already doing. And that's so fantastic. Keep doing it. And maybe another um, that we talked about, you do occasionally, but maybe there's a way to make it into more of a daily habit. Think of these habits as building blocks. The more you have, doesn't matter what order, the higher you can build. So unlike a chain where a missing link, you know, renders the whole chain is not useful anymore. It's worthless. Instead, each one of these is valuable on its own. Each habit is going to benefit you. If you're doing it great, if you're not, maybe you can try to incorporate one a little bit more. Being an effective coach not only can help a dramatic impact on your direct reports, but it will positively influence how others view you as a leader in general. The 90th Percentile and Unconventional Leadership Podcast was written and recorded by Brianna Corin, Jack Zanger, and Joe Folkman, and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you're interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack and Joe, visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, tell your friends and coworkers about it, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave us a great review. 
We really like to read them. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in our episode details or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com.